Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello, and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so honored to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author, and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy, but we're in this together, and we have some great people helping us along the way. So most of you probably know I've been writing the Powerful Words program for after-school programs in schools for over 15 years now. It's a program that focuses on one powerful character word a month with scripts and tips and a full curriculum to teach and encourage children to become a strong citizen of their household, their school, their community, and their world. And I'm writing a book about that stuff right now, and I'm uh, doing some family action blueprints on it uh, for the house, for the home. More of that, more on that is coming. So personal development and character education are really important to me, and I know it's important to all 65,000 of you who have been downloading the podcast over the last year. So I get really excited when I meet other people who share my viewpoint about the need to sort of shift our attention from academic success and sports success to one that focuses on positive youth development and personal growth. While the terminology of family values might conjure up heated arguments we've heard on the political trails for years, it doesn't need to be that way. It's important to determine what our family values are, and in order to provide a foundation to our children and ourselves to live life in a productive and wonderful and meaningful way, we need those family values right there. These values become our grounding force. They become our decision makers when we're wondering what to do in challenging situations and in questionable circumstances. They become the voice in our heads, the song in our hearts, the governing energy inside our bodies. They truly are important. So how do we figure out what our family values are and how do we convey them in a way that they do become the ground, the foundation for our children? Well, I'm so thrilled to have my colleague, Dr. Marilyn Price Mitchell, on the show today so that we can have a good conversation about all of this together. Dr. Marilyn Price Mitchell is a developmental psychologist, speaker, and fellow at the Institute for Social Innovation at Fielding Graduate University, where she studies how young people become caring family members, innovative workers, ethical leaders, and engaged citizens in an increasingly complex society. She's a founder of Roots of Action, a website that shares research-based resources on positive youth development with parents, schools, and communities with an audience of over half a million readers each year. She's the author of Tomorrow's Changemakers, Reclaiming the Power of Citizenship for a New Generation, and a contributing writer at Psychology Today and Edutopia. So welcome, Dr. Marilyn Price Mitchell, to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Thanks, Robin. It's a delight to be here. Well, I'm so thrilled you're here. I just feel like you and I have such 
a similar way of, of looking at life and children and families. So I'm excited to have you and I'd love to know from you before we get into the meat of the matter, for those people who haven't had the opportunity to meet you, read your articles or your book, can you tell us what gets you up in the morning and what got you so focused on family values and sort of character-based guiding principles that you're known for in your work on your Compass Advantage and in Roots of Action? Well, thanks, Robin. I, uh, I have had a long career, believe it or not, in corporate America. Mm. And uh, that's where I started out uh, working with um, adults and uh, leadership training, communication skills, and so forth. And in over many years, I began to realize that uh, young adults were coming into the workforce without the the skills that they needed to really succeed, and they were not they were not the academic skills; they were the internal skills, the things like uh, resilience and being aware of self and integrity and so forth. So, um, about 15 years ago, I made a shift from uh, working in um, uh, in big companies to uh, going back to getting a PhD and focusing on adolescent development. Um, and because I realized that it's during childhood and adolescence where these core abilities are really developed. And, um, and I wanted to be a part of uh, changing the dynamics of how these things uh, grab hold in those years and how they affect kids as they grow into the workforce. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. And I agree with you that so much of our work needs to be focused on that those teen years and those young years as children are, are getting a hold of who they are and how they Absolutely. fit into the world and, and you know, who their family is. So your right. work, as, as well as mine, is, is based strongly in positive youth development. And for those listening now, can you explain from your view what positive youth development really is and how it informs your work? Well, I think one of the best ways I like to uh, help people understand positive youth development as both a field of study and a practice Mm -hmm. is to kind of compare it to preventative or integrative medicine. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we have to continue to study how to cure diseases, just as we have to continue to study how to treat and manage undesirable behaviors or mental health issues in children. But the treatment of these deficits from temper tantrums in young children to risk-taking behaviors during adolescence have been the primary focus of parenting Mm -hmm. for way too long. Agreed. Yeah. And so rather than focusing on all of those deficits, positive youth development really seeks better ways to foster health and well-being rather than merely correcting or curing or treating kids for their maladaptive tendencies, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so this way of thinking looks at how kids develop positive internal strengths like character and courage and imagination and all of the other wonderful core human assets we have. Um, And so I see these strengths uh, as the foundations of well-being and thriving throughout life. And I think the research shows that 
they really are the essence of who we are as human beings. Right. And those those uh, internal strengths are what helps kids to really thrive in our world instead of just sort of survive. And and I right. know, you know, from from my work in positive youth development, I, I sort of created you know, a mantra that, you know, sort of sets up everything that I do, which is that young people are assets to be developed, not deficits to be managed. And you brought right. about that idea of deficits just now, um, where we focus so much on what do they lack and how can right. we sort of bring them up. And even I remember, you know, even right before I started my doctoral uh, work, somebody asked me about what I was interested in and I really didn't even have the words. Uh, I was just like, I want to do something like before the bad things happen or like, I I just was, you know, I was talking to them about it and they're like, well, you're really not talking about prevention, which was like a huge word out there at the time when I first was starting. And this was, you know, back in, I don't know, 97 or something like that, showing my age. But, um, you know, (laughs) it was where I was like, it's not really prevention because I'm really not trying to talk about like what's wrong with children, but I want, and they're like, oh, and somebody said, it's promotion. It's promotion Uh of positive development. I'm like, Yes. Like, right. So it was all about those strengths. And and I love that you come from that, that same cloth and that you're really you know, trying to help kids and families see those strengths. And one of the things that you do, you've done so beautifully, is talk about this compass advantage. That's like such an important part of your work. There's so many parts of children's character that we want to develop from their ability to stay disciplined and focused when they're going after a goal, to showing kindness and empathy when others are in need, um, to showing confidence and courage when faced with challenge. And your framework that's based in positive youth development is called this the compass advantage. And I'd love for you right. to tell us about what led to that? What is it? What are those eight core abilities that you talk about in that compass advantage? Right. Well, first of all, um, I'm a narrative researcher. So it means that I study and analyze uh, stories, uh, human stories, and I look for the common themes among them. Neat. And I began studying the life stories of college students who were highly engaged in civic or environmental projects. Mm. And I wanted to discover how these young people grew to become engaged citizens and leaders in their communities. So this is how it all started for me. And what I discovered was really fascinating. Um, My research showed that these young people had developed these eight core abilities throughout their lives, the combination of which helped them thrive in whatever endeavors they chose. Mm So As you mentioned, um, I created this framework called the Compass Advantage to illustrate that the core abilities really operate like an internal compass for kids. Um, They help, help them navigate their lives in meaningful ways. So the core abilities are curiosity, sociability, resilience, self awareness, integrity, resourcefulness, creativity and empathy. Mm. 
And as I researched these internal strengths over the last number of years, I've discovered that they are key to to the development of all children, not just those who become civically engaged, right? Those are the abilities that help kids thrive in life Mm. and in school. Oh, it's just such a neat idea, and I'd love to get into that more. Uh, Before we we delve into that compass advantage, uh, you mentioned on something that I've read, this parenting promise, and it has to do with your compass advantage, but I want to just start there before we sort of delve into that a little bit more. Why do you think it's important for parents to set I would say like a particular intention around their parenting and expression of these values, these family values or this compass advantage, um, you know, straight out in this, in sort of a a parenting promise aspect. Well, when you, when you started the conversation today, you talked about uh, family values and how they inform who you are as Mm -hmm. a parent. And I think that, so often parents don't take the time because they are so busy with all of those so every much, day. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's like all of the things that happen every day that that we don't take the time to think about that higher purpose that we have right. as parents and that the values that we hold for our children. Mm, so mm. Um, what I've discovered in my research is that those values are really the core of what of, of how kids um, develop in as as human beings, mm-hmm. and so if we lose touch with those values and only um, pay attention to the daily, you know, um, homework and taking our kids from here mm-hmm. to there, um, our kids miss out on some really important learnings and meaning in their lives. So the compass advantage and this parenting promise that goes along with it really helps uh, us shift the focus from trying to correct all those perceived deficits on a daily basis to really envisioning a higher purpose for parenting. And that purpose really is to understand and to really begin to intentionally foster these eight abilities in our kids every day. So important. I, I, I just love what you're talking about here. It's it's really a, a mindset, a parenting mindset, it right? It absolutely is. Okay. Yep. So you're you're shifting your your parenting mindset from one that is focusing on correction and to one that's focusing on on promotion of strengths, highlighting strengths, and and allowing your children to develop into the the amazing creatures that they will be. That's really what your seems Correct. seem to be saying. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So let's put high beams on a few of the areas that you're mentioning in the compass advantage. I just I love what you set out, and I'd like to talk about it in terms of of everyday experiences that and scenarios right. that parents might be in so that we can see how we can apply this. Um, all of my work is on application and yours yes. is so much like that too. So I think this would be really helpful for those who are listening. So let's, let's look at a couple of different scenarios and see how this compass, compass advantage can help us 
in this shift of our mindset because you do it so well. So so let's say that um, let's say the family's watching TV and somebody is um, somebody says something disrespectful or, or marginalizing. We see this all the time. So right. so how could the compass advantage of the sort of family values, the parenting promise, how can that help us to maybe use it as a discussion springboard or help us to know what to do in that scenario? What what's what do we what's next? What's next after we see that? Right. So and we see that so often so in often. our world today. Yes, right? it's like a common thing. TV, mm-hmm. There's a lot of disrespectful behavior going on yes. in the world. Yes. So it gives us um, an opportunity. I mean, many parents sort of stray away from yes. um, tackling those issues right. that their kids are witnessing every day. But what what I what I suggest and what I believe is that we have to tackle these issues with our kids. And um, for example, integrity would be the the part of the compass mm. that I would say. Okay, so this is an this is an aspect of integrity that um, you know what what do if we're you know what are the values that that we live by and um, you know. And it's an opportunity to talk with our kids about our values. Mm. So to ask, so um, how do you perceive, you know, what do you think of that behavior? Um, uh, What if you were on the other side of that behavior or trying to put yourself in that other person's shoes? um, Empathy. Mm. So all of these things in the, in the compass, these eight abilities, they they don't really work. Um, I mean, sometimes you can pull them out individually. Mm-hmm. They all work as a system. Yes. Uh, and and in fact, um, my background is basically in the study of human systems. Oh, neat. And, and how um, it's like a web, right? So if you have a web of core values and strengths that you're working on developing, you begin to see the connections between them, right? So, you know, you're talking to your child about, um, you know what? How would they feel if someone said that to them? Oh yes. Um, then, then that creates self-awareness, mm. right? It and and it's through the relationship that you build with your child that you are able and willing to tackle these various components of the human spirit, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you're watching a movie or you're reading a book together, some of right. the questions that you're asking might apply to the protagonist in the story. Like how, yes. how might you, how might you, with a sort of more open-ended situation, you're reading a book and Right. Uh, somebody triumphs at the end, you know, it's like a most yes, books exactly. or movies. Like what what's <laughs> right. what might so, you do with the, those core yeah, abilities? So, uh, books are great um, uh, vehicles to to instill the compass abilities in children. Because mm. so, you know, we're reading a book and like, as you say, you know, there's a protagonist and perhaps they overcame a lot of protagonists. Right. right? They overcome challenges. Right. <laughs> and. Um, and they embrace failure to learn and uh, to go to that kind of next plane or they've conquered something in their life. So um, instead of just reading the book and letting it 
you know, finish. Mm. At the end, I suggest let's let's ha- you know let's talk about this. So what did what did the you know uh, the protagonist what what was uh, what was it about their character that you um, that you really liked mm. the most? What mm. resonated with you? Um, so what challenge was it that they overcome? What did they learn from that? Mm. How does that um, how could that apply to your life mm. or our life as a family? So you're constantly using and and thinking about these higher level, you know, purposeful things that we parent around, mm-hmm. and you you constantly have them in your mind so that you can draw on them when you're reading a book or when you're watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Let's say you know you finished watching a family movie and. Um, you know, usually something really resonates about a character mm-hmm. or about what they had to go through to overcome a challenge. Right. Um, or perhaps they um, they felt self-conscious about something and they and, and you know, our kids can relate to these because they're they're human things that that which is the reason entertainment, relates to us mm-hmm. so much, right? Mm-hmm. Because we see in ourselves uh, what we see in characters, in movies, and in books. Right. right. So right. what we want to do as parents is we want to use that to help our kids become more self-aware, to become uh, more resourceful. I mean, many times in books, you know, the um, or movies, uh, the protagonist has achieved great goals. Right? Mm-hmm. They've worked hard. They've solve problems. So what can we gain and learn from these books that help us be a better family that help us create, you know, work on goals together, um, to be creative? I mean, all of these abilities are wrapped up into um, heroes and heroines of stories. Right. And and so you can even be, you know, pulling something out from a movie or a book and, and say, you know, this quality of resourcefulness, you know, being able to, yeah. you know, scrape by on very little, but really live large reminds me of grandma when she did whatever or or i really see the protagonist is reminding me of of you and and the way that you tackled that one issue in school it's it's sort of a neat neat way to highlight a characteristic a trait a a value without it seeming forced exactly you are right on i mean that's what you want to do is you want to help kids understand how these abilities live inside themselves mm-hmm. through many different channels, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just exactly what you said. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 a really great system. And I love that it's systematic, that, you know, you're not just pulling one thing. Today, we're going to be talking about right. resourcefulness. So yeah. what yeah. about... You know, there are situations that are certainly very challenging for our young people. And I'd love to to get into, you know, maybe some more specific things, because I, I think you would have such good answers to how we can use this compass advantage here. 
Like, for example, your child comes home with, you know, a, a really bad friendship issue or she's witnessed or he witnessed bullying, you know, and, and he, you know, and, and it's, yes, of course, he's, he or she is telling you about it. But how right. could that be an opportunity to use your system of the compass advantage to tackle that issue or, or respond to that issue or sort of interpret that issue in a unique way? Right. So th- these are great questions. And I think that what happens with uh, using, as you said, a little bit of a system, a framework, mm-hmm. so that you can frame uh, and keep in the front of your mind what's most important. Right. right. So um, when uh, using your example, let's say a child comes home and either they've been bullied or they've been uh, they've witnessed that. Again, I want to get back to the fact that all of these abilities get nurtured through our relationship mm. with our children. So as a, as a parent, you know, we're, we're our child's greatest ally. It's, it's about standing at their side, not doing their learning for them. Oh, ouch. And yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> And so it's it's um, it's not so so often I think parents have the tendency to say, oh, my gosh, that's such a terrible person. Right. Mm. Or, or, you know, something comes home from school and the teacher has done something and, and, you know, like we're already judging the teacher. Mm -hmm. Right. Before before (laughs) we've actually um, just even heard what the situation is, we're always taking our child's side and defending our child. Oh, yes. And it's not about doing that. It's about getting your child, being there for your child and helping your child see the situation through new lens. So um, using the bullying example, uh, so getting them to talk about what, what that felt like mm. for them. How did it, so uh, you're probably familiar with uh, somatic work, just mm-hmm. getting kids to feel in their bodies, mm. what did that feel like? So, um, you know, oftentimes kids feel tense in their Mm -hmm. chest or Mm -hmm. you know they've come home and their shoulders feel heavy Mm. and they've um or they have headaches or lots of different physical sensations what we call somatic reactions every time we get a child to just take a moment and reflect and just check in with how they're feeling in their bodies, what they're sensing in their bodies, helps them become more self-aware that, gosh, this bullying situation that's going on, it's making me sick. Mm, mm. It's actually giving them sometimes an upset stomach or, um, and then, you know, to go on to, to, you know, weave through as many of these as you possibly can and helping your child you know, asking them questions about, well, again, what, what, what might they do the next time? Mm-hmm. Not telling them what to do the next time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but allowing them to, to really um, understand their own processes of how they would 
do things differently mm-hmm. themselves. Again, empathy, mm-hmm. um, resilience. Mm-hmm. How do they face challenges? These kinds of challenges that come up from other children. Um, it's it's not because we can't solve all of these things. We know this by now. You know, it's like this is a world filled with challenges, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and it's and it's not really about solving all of the challenges or the deficits like we've talked about, but it's about helping your child be the person that they want to become in the face of these challenges. Oh, so beautifully said. That's such a quotable. I love that. I'm sure I'm smacking that right on a meme right there. That was, that's just so outstanding. And, you know, you've, I think you've tipped us off a little bit to think about, you know, as as parents, that resilience piece is tough. Um, It's tough tough because it suggests and necessitates us Mm. stepping back and allowing our children to face challenges without us rescuing them and keeping them from feeling the strife and frustration that one does when they are challenged. Um, It also, you know, if we do that, of course, then we are tripping them up because we're not allowing them to gain the resilience that is so important. We've talked a lot about success and failure on this show. Best-selling author Jess Leahy. We talked about mental strength with Amy Morin. And so I'd love to delve into that a little bit more with you. Like the very common scenario that, you know, often we, you know, we stamp certain things with a sticker and a good job. Uh, so let's right, say, right. let's say a child is, has been struggling mm-hmm. with math or spelling or a paper testing, whatever it could be. And from the first hand, we've got to step back and allow them to work on the challenge without trying to fix it for them or right. telling them the teachers are terrible. Um, but let's say that they do finally overcome that challenge, you know, with maybe some hard work or walking mm-hmm. the trenches and just experiencing it. I mean, even if they don't succeed, but they, they stuck with it. Let's just say they stuck with it. So right. what what could we do beyond either saying nothing, which I think so often we let sleeping dogs lie when when good things happen. We're like, oh, good job, you know, or all right, let's carry on and move on to this next thing that you're having a trouble with. Um, so so what could we do when our child it shows us that they've stuck with something and maybe continue to fail, but, you know, are still sticking with it, or they finally kind of came through to the opposite side? How could we use the compass advantage in that situation? Mm-hmm. Well, you've probably delved into the issues of praise and the mm-hmm. positives and negatives of praise on your show, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we know about praise is that it's most effective when um, when we're praising kids for the things that matter most. Mm-hmm. And um, certainly to and and I don't even like the word praise anymore, but the giving them the feedback that that you really feel and understand what they've been through and how uh, you admire 
the resilience that they have showed. So beautiful, yes. Right. So it that's praise. and it's specific it's more specific specific. it's so beyond the good job you know the the sticker on the paper that says super it's it says i acknowledge that this was tough for you exactly I, i i see that you worked hard on this you worked through something there's something inside you that you that was at work here and and I right. admire that thing that was at work here: your resilience, your stick to itiveness, your determination, your perseverance. It says something different, it doesn't? It's so so it different than than the good job. Oh, it's so different, and because it really resonates at the core of who we are. I mean, that's mm. when you think about resilience, uh, you think about uh, this is this is an uh, an ability a. Uh, an attribute that we need for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, uh, we need it when we go through losses and, and, you know, I mean, we continue to do that for the rest of our, these are, these are abilities, by the way, that um, I I think one of the things that always happens when I share these at workshops and so forth is that the parents get it Mm -hmm. (laughs) right away Mm -hmm. because these are all abilities that, that go from that, that are developed in our youth and that continue to grow throughout our lives, and that as parents, we can see these abilities in ourselves. Mm. So it's like we can share these with our kids by sharing uh, perhaps stories of when we went through a hard time and be, and and how we became resilient, you know, mm, or mm, or some mm. of the things that have made us more self-aware, um, and and it's often through the struggle, uh, and and certainly my research has confirmed that, and and many other studies have confirmed that it's through the struggle of everyday life that we we actually build all of these abilities. Mm. Um, even, you know, curiosity is, is a, a great one. I mean, curiosity is really about lifelong learning. If we don't, if we don't nurture curiosity in kids, then um, they, they, they won't become lifelong learners. So we have to ask ourselves as parents, is it just about getting kids through, through high school or college? Right. Right. Um, or is it about nurturing lifelong learning? Mm-hmm. And the um, and and I hope that that parents uh, see the value that it's not just about a grade. Uh, now the research shows that this is one of the sad statistics in today's grade-driven culture mm-hmm. is that by the time children reach third or fourth grade their curiosity has been extinguished. Oh, this is painful. My child is in third grade. And yeah, I have okay. one in second, well, so I don't have much time. <laughs> well, and, and the reason for that is that because they that's about the time they start to begin to focus on getting learned answers mm. to test questions. Mm, mm. Right. Flashcards help them memorize. But in the process of trying of focusing on grades um they lose the sense of discovery that Mm -hmm. they had when they were much younger 
the discovery, the sense of discovery that they were born with. Yes. yes. And when they lack that curiosity, many kids enter middle and high school totally uninterested in learning and totally interested in just grades. This which is, is sad, yes. external, right? The, yes, external, the external, not the internal. Right, well, they're getting praised the for that, right? I mean, you know, it's... Exactly. The, the grades say you've, you're doing it. You're doing it well. Yes, exactly. So here it is. It's the shift from the external to the internal that parents need to make in in nurturing these internal abilities in their kids so in the sense of curiosity and i see it in my son he's like such like a nature science like loves all of it's picking up everything off the ground did you see this rock did you notice this sunset yes i mean he is just all about it so in the sense of curiosity and that internal value well, what would you say is like one or two things that we can do as parents to sort of shift that attention from just the external to looking at how we can foster that curiosity in our children? Well, again, it's it's praising them situationally for the kinds of things that they're doing mm. that is showing how curious they oh, are and not answering their questions for them or doing their work for them, mm. but help, but helping them, supporting them as they engage in their own sense of discovery. So, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I remember my own daughter as she was going through school, she's 35 now, so she's totally grown, but you know, the science projects and, in, 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 you know, in classes and homework that kids have it's so easy to, as a parent, you want them to get that A. Yes, right? right. And so the work on the project is about the A. Mm-hmm. Instead of the investigation to, and the learning. Yes, yes. So whatever you can do to nurture that, uh, you know, uh, the questions being answered. Yes. Um, you know, Google in all of its glory has been great in so many respects, but it has uh, helped extinguish kids' curiosity because they can Google the answers Mm. as opposed to finding the path toward discovery. So if, if you get an answer, you don't need to be curious anymore, right? Hmm, hmm. Okay, so let's say the child, (laughs) let's say that the child wants to learn more about whales. Let's just say, you know, I'm wondering, mom, how heavy is a whale? Um, or, you know, where would I see them? Or um, what, what color are they really up close? Or what does their skin feel like? And they are asking some curious questions about yes. something. What would be your suggestion for a parent so that they're cultivating the curiosity instead of just like, let's Google that and find out? Right, right. And 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 I'm not saying that you shouldn't Google the answers mm-hmm. to um, questions that kids have and teach them how to use the internet mm-hmm. to discover the answers. Sure. But here's the thing is that 
we have to teach them how to go deeper Mm -hmm. than finding just the answers. So, you know, the questions would be, so what makes you curious about that? You know, like, Mm -hmm. so what is it that you, you know, asking them deeper and deeper questions Mm -hmm. about how they're exploring the world around them Mm -hmm. and um, valuing the different ways that they learn. So oftentimes parents learn differently than our kids, right? Right. Um, And so um, it, it, you know, what, what we... I learned so much from having a daughter with learning disabilities mm-hmm, sure. uh, because she learns very different than I do. And, um, and having the patience to stay with her the way she was learning, right, mm-hmm. is not the way I was learning, but to encourage her own learning in, in um, because eventually what curiosity and creativity lead to is they lead to innovation. Right. So they lead to cr- the creation of new, mm-hmm. new ideas, yeah. new products, new discoveries, new services for um, disadvantaged populations, new discoveries right. for how to um, solve environmental problems. So right. it's like, it's not just an answer. No, you're right. You're right. And my my da- my son does seem to come up with all these ideas about. Uh, I was talking this morning <laughs> about. He said, "Mom, come over here to the refrigerator," and he's showing me like the dial for, um, uh-huh. you know, how cold it should be. And he's like, "Wouldn't it be neat if we all had a button like this and we could carry it around <laughs> the house and then we could like make it colder or hotter depending on how we want to be in each room?" That's was, so cool. Right, so it was that's so cool. What you wanna, <laughs> that's what you want to <laughs> encourage and continue to encourage as he gets into high school. Yes, exactly. And that's harder and harder and harder for kids to do when they get into older it grades. It is, because especially because you're just, you know, the people are just probably like, listen, dude, like, okay, great. But yeah. now, why don't we <laughs> yeah. study, you know, this particular you know, historical passage or, you know, we're doing this this thing. When are you ever going to really get to talk about those you know, sort of innovative yeah. Yeah. ideas? It is a great idea. I mean, it's actually it is. very cool. Well, and... With curiosity, there is no right and wrong. Right. Right. Exactly. You don't have to be like, well, that would never work because, you know, where would people get this button from in? (laughs) Exactly. You know, everybody's changing the temperature of the room. (laughs) Right. Okay. So I I get it. it. And I just like the idea of just encouraging the questions, encouraging them to explore it further and explore things that haven't been done before. You know, even the crazy ideas. We talk a lot about brainstorming when I'm presenting and and trying to help people understand that it's not about rating something good, bad, or this wouldn't work, or this is, this is a stupid idea. It's about getting all the ideas on the table because the craziest idea may be this, the one that works. So let's get it out as adults even. And people exactly. are very concerned about doing that because they're, they don't want to look foolish and they don't want to be embarrassed or they, you know, feel like, well, maybe we should just stick to the straight laced ideas. But Hey, who's made progress with just straight-laced ideas? Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes kids don't feel like they are heard and understood at wow. school with those kinds of creative ideas. Agreed. And so uh, because school is so 
um, program to, you know, I mean, we've got curriculum, right? And the kids are learning the certain curriculum. And uh, so I think it's even more important for parents to, to, you know, in their homes to really help their children feel seen, heard, Mm -hmm. and understood by them. Mm -hmm. And we know from research that when kids feel that way with their parents, and that, again, it's the relationship of just feeling like your parents understand, they hear you, they um, they see deeper in into, you know, who you are as a person uh, through these eight abilities. Um, because out in the real world, in school and so forth, people don't often take the time to get to know you as well as your, I mean, obviously right. as your parents know you. Right. And that's, that's the, the key uh, relationship that children have to take root and thrive is that yeah. parenting relationship. So then is the idea to just keep asking your kids, like, tell me a little bit more about that or how would that work? It's sort of prompting them to talk about it. And then also, underscoring, you know, wow, that's a really innovative and creative idea. I like, you know, I like hearing about that. Why don't, maybe you can write it down or draw a picture or send it to so-and-so or, you know, get more information on how exactly that would work. You know, how might we do that? Okay. All right. I think that's, that's really an interesting way of going about things. And certainly, a different way of learning, considering so much is rote memory right now. So, before we kind of end up with everything, I just want to ask you one more question along those lines. Sure. Because, you know, there's a tricky topic that's come up many times, which is on making mistakes. And, mm. you know, we know to err is human, but to me, it feels like we, we spend so much time trying to be perfect or burying the mistakes or we, as we sort of hinted at, rescue our children um, before they can make them. So I'm wondering how you might advise parents to handle a situation when they see their child like actively making a mistake or, you know, it's already happened. They failed the test. They forgot their homework on the the, the table. They yell at the friend. They missed the goal at soccer or whatever. Right. Right. What, what needs to be done or said in this situation that would ground that mistake in this compass um, idea rather than going towards the, you know, hey, bummer dude, or next time we'll do better or whatever. (laughs) What's what we do? Right. And, and, you know, there, this is a very challenging, uh, I agree. It's a very challenging um, topic for parents because there are some, I mean, I've talked to, uh, I talked to a parent recently who, you know, their, their teenage son just isn't doing anything mm. right he, he, and it's it's um he he's failing all of his topics oh, right yeah, all of his subjects tough. and yes. so you know there there's there's certainly a wide range here of um of um failure mm-hmm. right so there's the little failures and there's the big failures and um uh but there there's i think the one thing that we fail as a society to recognize is that our imperfections and our failures um, and just the opportunity that we have to be vulnerable with each other 
is really another opportunity to cultivate wisdom. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, you know, I think that parents um, have to, you know, just sit down with their their children and say, look, um, you know, here you know, share what kind of grades you got. If you, you know, I mean, you share some of your own failures, um, be vulnerable with your kids, show them that you are not perfect. Right. I think one of the things that parents lose track of the fact is that they are not perfect. Oh no, boy, <laughs> believe us, right? we're not perfect. Yes. Yeah, but, but, and you know what? Kids know that we're not perfect. Right. Uh, they see our imperfections and so um, why isn't it okay for our children to not be perfect? Right. Um, and I, you know, when, when you asked me originally, when we started out about how I, you know, what makes me get up in the morning mm-hmm. and how I kind of found a passion for this work, part of it, in, in, you know, through career, being uh, in, in the corporate world and seeing what I did, that's part of it. But another part of it for me, and, and I think, for many of us who are in this business is just from our own parenting experiences. And, um, and I, having raised a child with learning differences, um, helped me see that it wasn't about, um, how she failed or how she didn't get the grades that she wanted or that she could never live up to her own expectations. Mm -hmm. It was about, how she persevered mm. um, and became resilient in the face of those challenges. And as I look back now, um, quite a few years, um, I am so proud of the person that she has become. And it has nothing to do with how she succeeded in school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And And when I look at um, the, you know, these, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have these eight core abilities. I hadn't done the research that I've done when, when I was parenting. Um, and so it's a reflection piece for me that, that I was always looking for, you know, we, we, we compare our child to other children so often. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly kids who learn differently, who don't get straight A's at school, who aren't the champions of the various sports teams and so forth. Um, But children, all children have these eight core abilities that they develop regardless of what grades they get in school. Mm, mm. And when, when, you know, when we think about who people are, the, the sad part is that so often our kids don't know who they are separate from the grades that they get because that's how they get evaluated such an important thing yes absolutely such an important realization and and makes it that much more important for us to tease that apart uh given that grades uh, are just evaluating one thing (laughs) and it's not yeah because grades do matter but um in the process grades uh take so much from our children in allowing them to get to know who they really are Mm. separate from a grade. And I think that is at the essence what parents must do for their children. 
Oh, well, that is incredibly vital. And, and I really appreciate you saying that and probably informs your top tip, but I'm going to ask you anyway, what is your very top tip that you would like people to come away with after listening for, uh, to this podcast? Oh my, let's see. I think, I think I would have to sum it up to say, um, to stop worrying so much about how to fix your child's deficits Mm -hmm. and instead focus on building those core strengths that children really need to thrive in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very important. And I, I agree with you. If we can focus more on strengths, children will rise to the occasion. When we focus so much on, on what they lack, they, they never feel like they're enough. Yeah, that's right. And, 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 you know, the reason I call it the compass advantage is that when you have this internal compass inside of yourself, you really, your child and you, but your, your child has the potential to become the pilot of their own lives. Mm, love that. Love that. And I, yeah, I just, I love the metaphor is that, you know, as a parent, isn't that what we want yes. for our children? Right, right. Absolutely. And we want them to think about what do I want here? What can I do exactly. here rather than focusing right. on on everybody else and what they're doing and, and what they'll think of what you're doing. So I think you're right on that. Yeah. And, and finding their own happiness, finding their own and accomplishing their own goals. Mm-hmm. So it's not about, um, so often I hear parents saying, you probably do too, Robin, I just want my child to be happy. Yes, of course. That's <laughs> number like, one. What a, yeah. What does that mean? Yes. <laughs> right. But and for me, what that means is allowing my child to live a life of their choosing, mm-hmm. and to do so with grace and empathy and um, integrity, and how I can help them do that is my role as parent. Mm, mm. Oh, love it. Get chills. Love that. Oh, oh that, that is beautifully said. And, and we need to stick that up in the office and just go by that because, <laughs> you know, right up in the kitchen. So what is the resource of the week? Where would you like people to go in order for them to learn more about you and the great work you're doing? Well, the, the website that I, that really highlights my work is at rootsofaction.com. And I might point people, there's a lot of information there, and it is built around learning how to parent with uh, through the compass of framework. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the, the places that, uh, since you mentioned the parenting promise, I'll, I'll point uh, people to go to the resources section of the website and there you will find the parenting promise. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can print it out, you can hang it on your refrigerator. You'll also find um, a resource that was developed by some middle and high school uh, kids called I Have a Dream. Mm -hmm. And um, the, uh, I I worked with a group of uh, teenagers to develop this, uh, also this statement and what I wanted to find out is what what children want, right? Right. And right. Um, and so what what that I have a dream statement is all about is they're um, they're coming out and saying, look, 
I want to be guided by my own compass, mm. not what by others believe I should do, right? I want to learn and grow from my relationships and experiences, both good and bad. Mm-hmm. And I and I want to be loved and appreciated for who I am, not just for what I achieve. Mm. Oh, very important. And, and that sounds like a great page. We're going to be putting all of this in the show yeah. notes so we can put links great. For, the, for all of these so that people know exactly where to go uh, because you have so much and uh, great resources that I think people will want to, to look up and download for themselves. So thank you. Thank you so very much for joining oh, us today. You're welcome. It's just been wonderful to talk with you. And uh, we are on the same page and uh, continued uh, good luck with all of your work as well, Robin. Oh, thank you so much. I just I really love what you've you've said about really helping kids to listen to their internal compass. The work is incredibly important. And I think that ultimately, if we can help parent in this direction and teach in this direction as coaches, as teachers, as parents, that we are going to really have a very dynamic community of of go-getters, of kids who are doing creative and interesting work that are going to solve a lot of problems and uh, help us to, to build ultimately a better world. So I, I think your work is, is right on and just exactly what we need right now. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. I've got my takeaways and sweet friends. I know you have yours, so let's discuss them. Come up on Facebook. Let's go to the Dr. Robin Silverman page. You can also go to the How to Talk to Kids About Anything page on Facebook that's just forming now, and we're talking about all of the great podcasts. Uh, You can go to drrobinsilverman.com or twitter.com slash drrobin. And I'm on Instagram now, so you can go there too. And I'll be putting all kinds of memes up there related to this podcast. And if you love this podcast like I did, I hope you'll go up to iTunes and rate and review it so other people can learn about these outstanding solutions that Dr. Marilyn Price Mitchell has put up here for you. I'd really appreciate it. It means so much to me. That's all the time we have for today. My fellow parents, leaders, and educators, thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, I hope you'll visit drrobinsilverman.com. So many great podcasts up there. Show notes will be up there. Go and visit, and you will have a ball. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even on days when we, you fall short, my goodness, we all do. You've got this. You're here. You're getting the information you need. And no, it's not easy, but never forget there's always tomorrow. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. I'm right there with you. And as there are moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet, sweet sanity, please know you are 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep Connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.